Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. I am your host, Chris Lukinenko, and I scour this big brand land of ours, looking under fermenters and behind mash tuns to find the best beer stories to share with you. The Beer Healer Interviews is now available on all major podcast services. If you like the show and want to help out, can I ask you to simply rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast service. Just leave a few words and a rating and the podcast gods will do the rest. By doing this, you'll help others to discover the show more easily and hopefully get more people interested in this great industry that we call craft beer. The great thing about craft breweries is that there is something for every taste. Maybe you like the inner city brewery that attracts the hipster crowd, or perhaps you like drinking your beers near the beach. How about sprawling countryside at a farmhouse brewery? Or maybe you like to drink yours at an old racetrack. Yep, you heard me, an old racetrack, like St Andrew's Beach Brewery on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. 92 acres of land, in fact. That used to be a racehorse training facility with its own track. Melbourne Cup winning horse Maccabi Diva was even trained there. Trainers, barriers, jockeys and thoroughbreds used to make themselves at home at the place. Now it's tourists and beer lovers who enjoy sunny sessions in the beer garden. A friend of mine told me a story from another time where he was able to freely frolic in the beer garden and hang out with friends down there. <sighs> St Andrews Beach was the place, but it's probably a little bit different right now. I had no idea about this oasis that he referred to, so I reached out to their brand manager, Tim Purchase, to find out more. So, welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews, Tim Purchase. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's great. Remember those days when you could just hang out at a, at a pub with your mates? Oh, oh mate, it's absolutely killing us. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I was actually, it was funny enough, I was sitting in the beer garden today on a, on a um, just on a, another Zoom chat and um, yeah, typically there's a couple hundred people in the beer garden and for the last sort of six, six weeks or so, there's been absolutely no one, so... We're looking forward to it whenever that day comes. Christmas time, mate. Don't worry. It'll all be back. Hopefully, if everybody does the right thing, we can get back to normal around Christmas time. I hope so, mate. Don't come fast enough. How's it, how's it down in Tassie? Uh, mate, look, we, we've got our moat. Uh, we're staying shut till December, I heard today. So uh, that'll keep you know everybody out as much as we can. So hopefully, we can sort of get through unscathed. But you just never know. New Zealand was the same as us, and then all of a sudden, they're getting uh, hit with numbers. So... Uh, yeah, again, just got to do the right thing and just hope for the bloody best. Yeah, it's bloody weird, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Let's talk about happier things, hey? It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really keen to know more about uh, you know this how this whole brewery at our old race course came about, and I just think just take me back to the beginning. Tell us about this place. Yeah, so what makes our um, brewery a little different to others is, um, like you said, we're on 92 acres. Um, and on the 92 acres, there it was once a former horse training facility owned by the Friedman brothers. Um, yep. Who had horses like Maccabi Diva and Mummify and um, all those Aussie legends in the um, Australian Australian racing royalty, effectively, weren't they? That's right. Especially in the mid 2000s, they were the yep. most popular, um, well, not the most popular, the most successful training facility almost in the world at one point. So realistic, like really the story goes back to actually the early 2000s. Um, my dad, Andrew Purchase, um, he in a former life used to um, build golf courses and um, wow. did like- Tell me a golf course that I'd know that he made. Uh, close to you, mate. He was the one who did um, Cape Wickham. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep, so he oh, went down stuff. there, found the land down there and built that course and then um, sold it sold it off. So that's what he did. And another part of his business was um, building uh, racetracks as well and maintaining racetracks. Yeah, okay. Um, so he actually built the racetrack back for the um, back in the early 2000s for the Freedmans. 
Um, and yeah, ever since then, um, dad and all the Friedman brothers have been really good mates. And um, yeah, right, yeah. When the brothers sort of in the around 2012, 2013, decided to go all their own ways, the um, the property that we now call home um, lay dormant for a few years on the market. And then um, when my dad had sold his business, he um, made the decision to purchase the property and um, convert the 92 acres into the and the old stables into the brewery, which we now call home, which is pretty cool. Nice. And it's the way I understand it. So you're down the Mornington Peninsula and south of you is just effectively ocean, isn't it? You're like right on the edge. Correct. Yeah, we're, we're – on that on that peninsula, um, yeah, we're right down the southern end. So um, literally, what's separating us from um, like Queenscliff and Geelong is literally just a, a little stretch of water called the Heads. Yep. Um, and then a little bit further south um, is Tassie. So yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so we're we're pretty southern, um, but just an hour, just over an hour's drive from Melbourne. No, oh, that's not too bad. That's that's a yeah. easy Sunday drive for Melbournians. That's right. We're often the peninsula is often referred to as the uh, as Melbourne's playground. So we get yeah, lots of, uh, I know. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine who I work with, he's uh, he's got a nice little place down there, and uh, I was telling him that I was coming on to chat to you this week, and he he said he's put a lot of uh, a lot of dollars through your till were his words. So, oh, very nice. There you go. So tell us about the brew kit that you installed down there because I was reading about it this week, and it sounds like you got a pretty nice bit of kit going on. Yeah, yeah. We um we when we went through setting up the brewery. Um, we always wanted to um, install a brewery that we could grow into long term. Yeah. Um, so straight off the bat, we um, we installed a twenty five hec brew system from Italy through the guys from FB Pro Pack. Yep. Um, and yeah, so initially we had it was about twenty five thousand liters of um, fermentation space with a couple of bright tanks and a um, bottling line. Yep. Um, and then towards the end of last year, when um, we decided to step things up a little bit more, we um, we added another fifteen thousand liters worth of fermentation space and a couple more um, bright tanks, and yep. we in- installed a big old canning line as well. Oh, so- I was going to say that, yeah, because I read I read that you had a bottling line. I was thinking, from what I saw this week, I've only seen pictures of cans. So, what's the bottling line just sitting there unused now? Yeah, uh, we've we've still got it on site. Um, we're sort of we've got cider um yep which we can we can probably talk about later as well yeah yeah yeah. in the pipeline as well so is it just a 375 mil bottling line or does it do like 750s uh so it's a 330 mil a 330 okay Um, radio and we can get uh, we've got change parts for a 500 mil um uh, stubby as well sounds like limited release type size bottles i reckon anyway we'll get on to that a bit we'll get on to that a bit a little bit later yeah yeah absolutely okay so so pretty decent system how my question, I've only just learned about this recently, about uh, steam-powered brews. Are you guys steam-powered? Yes. Yes, we are. Oh, yep. nice. So, yeah, okay, you've got yep. the duck's guts then basically, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, the guys, our um, chairholder team, um, like don't like to do things by halves. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been good. And, like, the brewers um, – they, they love brewing on it, so yeah, that's nice. the main thing. Well, let's talk about the brewers because when you said about 
starting off this thing. Obviously, you, you got your kit. Did you did you purposely go to nab one of the most experienced brewers in Australia in Dermot O'Donnell, or was he maybe I don't know a mate of your dad's, or was he just you know had a bit of spare time in his hands because he's he's had fifty odd years in the in the uh, brewing industry, hasn't he? He has, he has, and he's a encyclopedia full of knowledge of Derm. Um, yeah. So yeah, when when we when um, when Doug was going through the process of um, sort of getting his team in place. Um, he reached out to a guy called Greg Allery, who was once the um, CEO of Asahi. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Um, and, yeah, through his contacts, he worked with Dermot yep. when um, Asahi took over um, the Cricketers Arms range. Yes, yep. Um, so, yeah, through Greg, we um, were able to get Dermot on board. Yep. Um, and Dermot helped with um, sort of the initial phase of setting up all the brewery getting all the equipment in yep, and um, also designing our first four beers, um, the recipe for those four beers. So ah, right. Okay. Yep. He's been on, he's still, he still um, kicks around every now and then um, and helps out with some quality oh, control okay. stuff. That's what I was going to ask because there's a bloke called Matt Stitt who I, I know nothing about, but I read his name this week. Is is that who then he was like, I don't know, learning off Dermot or working with Dermot and then he was taking over from then on. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. So the plan all along was um, – Dermot was going to be like he was in charge of the startup phase. He's like um, Yoda. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he was he was always um, he was the plan was to have Dermot involved through the whole setup phase and transition over to our head brewer Matt. Um, yeah. And Matt run so Matt's our head brewer. Um, he came down from Hope Estate up in the Hunter Valley. Yes. Yep. Cool. Um, and yeah, so Matt's got a he'd been brewing up there for a few years, and he's got a um, his background's in winemaking, so he's actually got a um, a master's degree, which I'm pretty sure is called Olenology. Oh, haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in in winemaking. So, um, yeah. so yeah, he's he's very he's very technical with the way he brews his beers. Oh, no, so, just, just banking that bit of information away for a later question. Yeah, okay, that's, that's right. We'll come, we'll come back to that. So, so the lineup of beers you said were four originally. You've got six now. So, how yeah. did you guys go about sort of settling on this lineup of four then six? Uh, so, the the first four beers we um, we put out was a, a pale ale, an Aussie lager, um, golden ale, and a pilsner. Yep. Um, we decided on those four just because um, with the peninsula being such a busy tourism area, um, yes, we obviously needed to get people through the door in the venue. Yep. Um, yep. So we just wanted to have a, a pretty um, uh, approachable um, core lineup, um, which I think we ticked that box. Um, and then further along as we developed um, – we, th- we saw a real opportunity to put out our mid-strength, which um, you and I both enjoy. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, the mid-strength, the apprentice, we had yep. on tap a couple of months after we opened up. Sure. Um, played, and then we played around just some um, tap room releases, and one of those was our IPA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the beauties of a tap room. Get to sort of experiment yeah, a bit. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you've named them all with a with a nod to horse racing, which I think is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. We 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 try to have a little bit of fun with it, and um, we try to link everything we do back to sort of the history of the property. Yeah. So so you got six um, furlongs pale, the strapper Australian lager, 
I don't understand what Box 54 Golden Ale means. What's that? So Box 54, that was the box Maccabi Diva called home when she was down this way. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, Race Day Pilsner, the Apprentice Session Ale, and the Farrier IPA. Yeah, I really, That's it. That's pretty cool, mate. I like those. Yeah. Now, I've got to ask you. There's no dark beer in your offering. Now, as a card-carrying dark beer lover, can I please ask you to consider brewing one and adding it to the, the stable? Well, you are in luck, mate. We yeah? literally panned our first limited release today. Happy days. Happy days. So I'll, be, I'll, I'll be sending those across I'd in love the next, to try um, next week or so. Nice. This this is all starting to come together for me, this this whole uh, this whole interview and the questions that I had planned out and the direction it was going. Things things are sort of starting to open up before my eyes, which is why I bloody love doing these things because I had, you know, I had that whole idea in my head that you guys were sort of more of a tourism venue. I'm just wondering how you're going to tweak things and where you're going to take it, whether it would like stay as a tourism venue or whether it would become more of a, I'm not going to call it a more serious brewery, but like, you know, sort of shift to maybe becoming more of a production brewery. So this is this is great. but. We'll get onto that stuff in a second, but I want to address the elephant in the room. Yes, mate. I'm talking about hard seltzer. I mean, I find it <laughs> interesting that you've taken that approach. You know, most breweries, they'll know their core range, and then I'll go and have some fun with some limited releases, but for some reason you chose a seltzer. And I, I sat down, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, and I sat down and I thought, well, maybe that's a summer play for you because, you know, obviously we've said you're a tourism venue, you're down in that beautiful part of Victoria, and you want to be getting prepared to welcome back big crowds this summer, I'm assuming. Yeah. Is that your thirst-crushing option, and is that really what the play is all about? Like, let's let's be honest, like, Every, every business has to make money and, you know, seltzer we've seen in America is going gangbusters. To me, yep. the, the type of venue and the type of clientele that you have coming there, seltzer would would make sense. Is is that kind of – this is going to help pay the bills, that kind of a deal? Uh, well, we've actually – the reason why we – so our seltzer brand um, we set up is called Tidal. Yep. Um, so we, we launched Tidal on Boxing Day last year. Yep. Um, and the, the main reasons why we set up title is because, well, it all started when myself and a colleague of mine, um, who I catch, catch up with regularly, we just started talking just industry. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's got his finger on the pulse when it comes to all the trends that are happening over in the US. Uh-huh. Um, and he said and two so words was, to you. White well, claw. <laughs> that's right. Well, he literally yeah. just said, have a look at seltzer. So I, I read yeah. into it. And then um, I took, I, I just took to the old man just everything I'd read, and his ears pricked up because um, directly below our our property, we're actually fortunate enough to have our own artesian aquifer, so our very own artesian spring. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we've we've got access over nice. to with over 120 million liters of water each year. That's a that's a uh, fuck metric ton of water, isn't it? <laughs> It's a heap of water. It's a heap of water. So he was he he and a few of the shareholders were keen to get into the premium water sort of space. Ah. So then when I started talking to Dad about the seltzers um, industry, I was literally on a plane to the US in three days' time. Yep. And checking out the um, phenomena which is going on over there. And um Dad, Dad honest, sounds like a bloody wily old business veteran. He thought I can make make a couple of bucks out of the water, but I can make a couple extra bucks out of seltzer, can't I? That's right. Yeah. So um, I was literally over in the states in Denver um, three days later, and um, is Denver the yeah, seltzer it, capital of America? Uh well, there was actually 
a salsa festival going on in um, Denver. <laughs> <Really>? So <laughs> it just, yeah, it was literally just the chances of it all. So, oh, wow. How I was weird. literally, yeah, on a plane to um, LA a few days later, went to Denver, checked it out. And um, yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But yeah. the thing that got me was I was at a baseball game and um, obviously snuck in a baseball game. Yeah, and, nice, um, nice. Love it. The It was beyond crazy to see how many people were drinking white. Oh, in the ballpark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like, even like, for example, I was sitting behind a, a group of, um, Hold on. Just while, you, while you're telling the story, I'm going to do the, the sounds for you. You're in, you're in the stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in the stands and I was literally a group of 50-year-old um, men behind me and six of them had a 500ml white claw in their can wow. in their hands. So. Wow. Yeah, so it's legit over there. So yep. um, okay. I came back with um, uh, my colleague and I came back with all two the, suitcases full of white claw, <laughs> literally. And then, um, yeah, we 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 set out on um, creating title, and we're um, we're actually the second business in Australia to launch a title. So, oh, seriously, um, okay, yeah, yeah. So we'll, oh. we'll, 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 that was a key goal of ours: try to get first market, and um, yep. yeah, and we've we've just got title into. Um, Quite, we've got it ranged in quite a few Dan's PWSs and vintage sellers oh, through nice Victoria one. now. So, so you yeah, got Yu, well. Yuzu and Lime. Yuzu is the is that the uh, Japanese citrus sort of fruit? Is that what Yuzu yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and we're we're about to launch a mixed berry in uh, towards the end of September. So I've been working that over the working on that one over wow. the break. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I'm. I'm glad we talked about that because I was. I was really. I was ready to to get fired up and tell you just brew some beer. But I, I totally get it. Like you know, at the end of the day, these are businesses, and sometimes you do have to make these smart decisions to uh, you know help keep the doors open. And you know, maybe in in some ways, doing that might have helped you stay you know afloat during bloody COVID too. So yeah, no, it sounds like a, a great. As I said, I think your old man sounds like a pretty wily business veteran. So. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and every, every, everything we try to do, we, we like to have a bit of a backstory to it. So yeah, that's cool. Um, well, that's yeah. but the, the story of going to Denver within three days' time. That's a great way to to pitch the uh, the, the liquid. I like that. I like that. Rate, review, and subscribe. Three words that struck a chord in every sensitive forty-four-year-old podcaster who dreams of telling stories of craft beer. And something that I talk about a lot, but I really can get this little potty into more ears and therefore grow craft beer for all of us to enjoy. So even if you listen elsewhere, if you've got an iPhone, you've got Apple Podcasts, and therefore you can help out the show. Those three words, rate, review, and subscribe. So what about, so back on the beer, you said you've just done a dark beer. Do you, do you guys have plans to explore some more adventurous recipes? Because I read this week when I was doing the research for this, I think it might have been Broadsheet or something like that, mentioned that, you know, lovely venue, but the beers, they didn't they didn't call them um, pedestrian, but they sort of were saying like, you know, not for the pointy end of the market. And I saw, again, sort of thinking about your situation and then, okay, you've got to keep in mind that this is also a tourist venue, but, you know, surely at some stage you guys could start to explore some adventurous recipes to, you know, keep the brewers, you know, interested in that sort of thing. So has the time come for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, with with all of our beers, they like we do 
sometimes get labelled um, sort of a more approachable styles of beer. But yep. um, which we is do, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, we we, we think there's nothing wrong with that. And like yeah. the, the, the few things we try, like the two things we try to achieve with those beers is a balance and then b full of flavour. So that's good things to aim for. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I think yeah, we've 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 managed to tick those boxes, and then. Just the, one of the key things we've been able to do through the lockdown, which has been fun for me because it's in my warehouse, is um, set up a um, limited release range. So we, nice. um, so that first beer that I talked about just yep. before, the uh, Stout, um, will be out as of next week, which is pretty cool. Cool. And um, we've mixed up all the labels and stuff. So I was going to, yeah. What's the, so the branding still is going to be. St Andrews Beach, or is it something a little twist on it? Or yeah, yeah. So we're playing with the um, the horse racing theme as we do. Yep. We're calling our limited release range the Barrier Trials. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, we've we've put in a new design system. So similar. Um, so with like our core range, they've all got the same brand um, hierarchy yep. in terms of the, the yep. cans. Um, so we've set up a new brand hierarchy, which is fun, and um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some um, some fun with it. So we've got another awesome. one penciled in for October. Yep, which will which will perk some ears, and then we've got a fun collaboration booked in for early December oh, with cool. um, another local brewery, which would be cool. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Let's talk about the grounds. Ninety two acres. So you already have farm grown apples and pears and some hops. How about you sow some fields full of barley and then you could just build a totally self-sustainable brewery and, you know, create another range of beers? Would, would that be a viable option, do you think? Uh, I actually don't know too much about barley, to be honest. But yep, no, neither do I. <laughs> I'm just asking <laughs> the I'm questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure it could be in the wheelhouse. We'd never say no to anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we um, – so on the old racetrack on the property, that's where we've um, – We've converted the old racetrack into an orchard. So we um, planted um, 6,000 apple trees, 2,000 pear trees. Cool. Um, so we're actually one of the bigger commercial cideries going on in the state, which is pretty cool. Okay. Up and running. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping to be producing cider on a more commercial level towards not next season, the season after. Yep. So Nice. Um it's, we always knew it was going to be probably about a five-year um, sort of lead time into it, and we're yep. almost coming up on three years. So yeah, cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool once once it's up and once it's up and running. Nice. And what about the hops? What varieties of hops are you growing there? Uh, so we teamed up with Allesley. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Allesley hops. Yep. Um, the soil down um, our way is obviously quite sandy, so um, the hop that they recommended was the cluster hop. Yep. Um, so we're literally going to brew it literally before the lockdown because that's when the harvest was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the year before we brewed a, a harvest release, which was a steam ale. Um, nice. And yeah, it went it went bananas. So um, through the tap room. So um, I think we're going to look that one in as an annual thing now, which would be cool. Nice. Mate, there's heaps going on with you. Oh, yeah, we're pretty busy, yeah. Oh, it's good to see. Surely, I've got to say, there must be an old stable somewhere on that property that you could turn into a barrel-aging facility. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah? Well, <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, it's, well, we are currently working. So my old man, again, the businessman, <laughs> he, <Yep. laughs> um, he, he, he was part owner in a brewery over in France. Um, <laughs> of course he was. 
<laughs> so we're um we're actually getting his old brew house sent over here. It's currently on a ship as For we speak. Yep. Oh wow. Wow. So that it's it's a, just a little like three hundred liter uh, brewery. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, but it, it looks amazing. Like it's just, it's a full, um, amazing brewery, which I'll be able to share some photos with you with. But um, yeah, we, we've um we've allocated the spot to install that, and that's just going to be a full prop uh pilot kit brewery. Yep. Um, so Mr. the brewers can play around on that, and um, yeah, nice. With, with Maddie's uh, head brewers, old um. Wine making skills, we're keen to play around with some barrels, which would be fun. Well, I, this this interview is just like an onion. Uh, I feel like I, I was going. Well, so, mate, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, here's here's a really nice schmick looking brewery that's got you know, obviously there's there's investment behind that because it's a, a nice kit. It's a great place down there. It's like it's concentrated on tourism, and you know, maybe selling beer to the local area, but you know, tourism first and foremost. And then all of a sudden, as we're getting more and more into this, it's what I find more and more out. And like you are really starting to to move and shake and, and change the direction and and you know get a bit more serious about about the beer and maybe well not not less serious about the tourism, but starting to focus a little bit more on the beer. And I bloody love it. And so my my thing to you is, hey, you've you've got to be telling these stories more. You got to. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. That's why we're talking tonight. But I. Mate, you've got some great stories, and the the marketer in me um, is saying you've you've got to tell these stories because they are great. Because on the surface, I've got no idea about any of this sort of stuff. Like it's a beautiful yeah. looking uh, operation, but oh, I love it. I'm, I'm I'm blown away, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, well, for that first, or well, for the first two years, really, like the venue was just so busy, and like our main focus yep. wholeheartedly for that first. 18 months to two years was just solely on the venue. And then one of the positives to come from COVID um, or even before COVID, we decided to um, bolster up our, our sort of our marketing and sales team. So, um, yeah, well, essentially when the canning line went in. So our beers okay. are starting to get out there more, which is yep. cool. Um, yep. And then, yeah, we're, um, we've now been with COVID, we've had, actually had the time to actually plan all the things we wanted to do. It's, mate, it's awesome. I've, I've heard that from a few people that, you know, while COVID has been shocking for, for all of us, like being terrible, it has given quite a few businesses a chance to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, that's how we used to do things. This is how we're going to do things in the future. And whether that be in beer or in my company, Lifetiles with tech, you know, we've, we've had to, you know, take a look at the business and pivot, change some things, get rid of some things, start some new things, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I've someone say, you know, out of every dark cloud, there's a silver lining, and it sounds like you've you've really found that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's what's the distribution look, looking like moving forward? Where are you where are you going to be found? Uh, well, ever since we started, we've had a really we've had a really good um, positive like connection with the locals down this way. Yep. Um, yep. So from day dot, all the local um, stores down this way supported us, which has been awesome, cool. both on tap and in the bottle shops. Um, towards the end of last year, we started working with the guys from BWS and Dance, um, which has been great. Um, cool. And then once we put in the canning line, we we um, we brought on a couple new. Um, or we brought on a, a um, national sales and marketing manager, Matty Griggs. And um, yeah, so the beers are getting up through Melbourne. Um, we've actually just brought on a brand ambassador down your neck of the woods. Oh, cool. um, so yeah, beers will be down in Tassie hopefully very shortly, and also yeah. um, work, working with the new ambassador up in New South Wales too. So nice to start um, to get out there a bit. That's good, good stuff. Yeah. Sounds like you've you just really like you've taken the next step 
in with this whole thing, haven't you? You guys just sort of got yourself sorted, got your base settled, and now it's time to really, you know, put the foot down, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you look at any of the good breweries going around, um, essentially that's what they've done. If you look yeah. at, for example, um, Boltar, Stone and Wood, um, even like our good base, Jetty Road, down the road in Jemima, yeah. we opened up on the same day as them. And um, over the last sort of six to eight months, those guys have gone nuts. And yeah. taking it to the next level, so yeah, they've, they've turned up with founders first, haven't they? So that's really helped them out with, um, you know, getting some things sorted and yeah, going next step. Yeah, and they're they're a great bunch of guys down there as yeah, well. Cool. So. Yeah, actually, it's funny you should say that. You got, so you got down there, you got Red Hill, Mornington Peninsula, Jetty Road, two bays, and you guys. I'm wondering whether yeah. the peninsula could be maybe the next craft beer hotspot. You reckon? Oh, it could be, mate. With everyone, everyone down here makes pretty good beer, and. Um, one of the things I really like is every everyone, each of the breweries sort of offers something a little different. I was just going to say that um, they're all a little bit different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and and most importantly, like everyone gets along really well. Like we've um, we've done a whole bunch of different collaborations with like the six of the breweries down this way. Um, cool. Even even during COVID, we did a beach box, so a mixed variety pack. Ah, um, that's. I was trying to think of what. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so we did that one, um, and. I think we saw about six or seven hundred of those in three weeks or something, which was nice. awesome. Um, and then more recently, we did a um, collaboration beer with all the other guys called Campfire Pale. Oh, cool! Pretty pretty limited release, and everyone sold out of their allocation within at least two or three days. So the peninsula is pretty um, thirsty yeah. for some good beers, which is <laughs> nice. So have the uh, let's call them the rich people. Have they come down from Melbourne <laughs> to their beach houses and just like they're just holed up in their beach houses and just like I need beer. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be here yeah, for a while. Well, I have seen quite a few for um, nice Mercedes floating around during COVID. So they're definitely down <laughs> this way. Yeah, it might be the safest place to be. Oh yeah, I think so. It's not a bad place to be. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's a nice part of the world, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So tell us. So the next six months heading up to uh, to Christmas. Um, yep. Obviously, you're going to be trying to be planned to be uh, be back open and that sort of thing. But what are, what are the big key things you want to, you know, tick off before Christmas comes? Uh, so one of the one of my like one of the main goals for the obviously the brewery and our marketing and sales teams the limited release stuff. Yep. Which is pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, the elephant in the room is um, the seltzer. <laughs> um, <laughs> we see the um, we see this as a um, huge summer the seltzer. So um, we'll be doing everything we can to get um, title out there to the people. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, mate, just we're really look really really looking forward to getting people back in the in our venue. Yeah. Um, it's a um, pretty special spot um, on a nice sum, sum, summer's day. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, nice. I've I've and, seen the photos. It looks it looks awesome. I love a good beer garden. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's something we're really looking forward to, and getting all of our a large majority of our staff back as well. Um, yeah. Once that opens yeah. up, it's going to be pretty cool. You, you almost feel like you know by the time you know summer comes around, you know Victorians will have been locked up for God knows how many bloody months. It feels like it's going to be like. I'm turning 18 again for the first time. I'm just going to go mad because it's oh, just mate. been so locked up. I've just got a, like a wound up spring. Come that first weekend that you guys are allowed to be fully open, it's going to be madness. You need to stock up on some kegs. Oh, mate, we're going to have to. Even just like we, us Victorians, were lucky enough to have five weeks of freedom um, with some limitations, obviously, yeah. um, in the middle of COVID. Yeah. And the venue, we're, we're allowed 80 people in the venue and we're full for 
um, those six weeks. So I think, yeah, like you said, those Victorians are going to be pretty thirsty once we open back up. Yeah, mate. Oh, well, hopefully, hopefully you better capitalize on that. And in the meantime, Start uh, working on all those little bits of limited releases. Those other, those other amazing ideas that I've given you here tonight. You, you can have them for free. You're welcome. Uh, no <laughs> worries. You get that uh, barrel age process up and running. <laughs> Com- the commission's free beers, mate. So we'll be sending those down to you. Sure, it sounds great, mate. I'm looking forward to trying them. Uh, it takes uh, on average about 14 days from Melbourne to Hobart at the moment. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. But. Uh, I look forward to trying them, mate. And thanks, thanks for uh, chatting tonight. As, as I said, you like I wasn't really sure where this interview was going to go because I had certainly you pitched as a as a different type of venue to what we've uncovered here tonight, and it is awesome. I I think you you know you're really setting yourselves up for for a bright future. You've got good investment. You have got a wily old veteran there with you. You got you the young bloke who's got the ideas and um and some really great opportunities and a shitload of land to play with. Sounds pretty good, yeah. mate. Yeah, and we're in a bloody good spot too. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you down there once you're over in this island. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot wait to travel. I had my trip to Spain with the family cancelled earlier in the year, and then we oh. thought we we're going to have a nice little cheeky trip up to Noosa in October. That got cancelled just the other week as well. So, uh, I'm we are busting for a family that loves to travel. We are busting to get out of this state. So. I reckon you might see my face down there one day. Nice, mate. You can text me anytime. I'll be down there. Good on you. Well, cool. Timmy, I'm going to call you Timmy. I feel like I know you now. So, Timmy, thanks for your time here tonight, buddy. It's thanks, been mate. great. Thanks for uh, having me. Cheers to great beers. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have an interesting beer story and want to be a guest on the Beer Healer interviews, send me a message via my Facebook page. And once again, if you want to help out the show, a simple rate and review on Apple Podcasts or a follow, like or share on any other podcast service will do the trick. I'll catch you soon.